Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Very glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. It's All-Ireland final Saturday evening as well. We'll be getting updates from Kieran O'Regan in Limerick, where Cork have just gotten underway against Tipperary in the Borgash Energy All-Ireland Under-20 Hurling Championship final. Can the Rebels make it a double after the footballers win a couple of weeks back against Dublin? Fingers crossed. We'll give you updates between now and seven right here on the Big Red Bench. Also on the show this evening, we'll be discussing Ireland's big, big defeat to England today at Twickenham. Going to hear from John Cotter after Cork. He were dumped out of the cup. A big shock last night away to Galway United in what looks like it's going to be his last game in charge of the club. Also going to hear from Ify Fitzgerald ahead of Cork in Dublin tomorrow. Plenty more besides as well. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Right, I'm Rory, I'm here with you until 7pm this evening. If you would like to get in touch with the show, you can text us 86 106 You can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. But first port of call has to be Limerick. The LIT Gaelic Grounds, the venue for this evening's battle between the old rivals Cork and Tipperary. Kieran O'Regan is there for us this evening. Kieran, how are your nerves? Uh, not great like yours, Roar, but thrown, they've just thrown in the ball literally in the last few seconds. Uh, tip on the attack here, and they're actually through for a goal. It is shot in, and it's a goal. Oh, dear. Straight away, number 14, Billy Seymour, has got a goal straight from the uh, throw-in already. I don't know what happened there with the uh, the defence, but Tip just uh, kind of came on top. Referee uh, Liam Gordon from Galway uh, speaking out with Captain James Keating. But uh, just, uh, it's a great start for Tip. Not so good for Cork after... 30 seconds on the clock uh, Billy Seymour from uh, Kildangans after uh, getting a goal Liam Gordon uh, I mentioned referee from Galway little story I stayed in the same room as him three weeks ago <laughs> at the, uh, the World GA Games down in Waterford so uh, hopefully he might favour Cork today but anyway um, yeah she's not a good start here at all Roar actually yeah that's going to throw Dennis Ring's plans I think into the, the mixer a little bit because you obviously can't legislate for a start like that but it's early in the game yeah Cork have to settle a bit but you don't want to be giving this temporary team any advantage considering they scored eight goals against Wexford last day out certainly not and they have a number of players who won in All-Ireland last week um, and they're they're really on fire at the moment you know uh, t- Hurling and Tip is in a very good place uh, Cork have a line ball now at the moment you've got me number 14 that's Shane O'Regan from Watergrass Hill after putting him goes across the goals so, uh, Colin 13 Tommy O'Connell from Middleton just uh, misses and Tip are coming out with a but yeah, you don't want to give anything to uh, Tipperary at any stage in any match. Dennis Ring doesn't look too uh, concerned about that early goal, but look, after 30 seconds, Cork, I'm sure, will uh, get back into it. They're going through now on goal. It's number 13. That's Brian Turnbull. He's after turning around tip defender. He's after putting that over the bar. So they've got a point back on the board straight away. Uh, two minutes on the clock, so that'll set a lot of the nerves it's very important obviously to get that first yeah, score yeah, so yeah. they have that now just um, and Brian Turnbull getting that yeah just watching the uh, the replay for the Tipperary goal some very slack marking from Cork obviously um, just uh, not being fully turned on uh, as the whistle goes as you say early days yeah this Tipperary team though Kieran much vaunted very highly praised they went into this game as favourites justifiably so but Cork were within a puck of a ball of beating them the last day of the Munster final so they have nothing to fear against this tip side yeah, they, they, they shouldn't fear him. Tip, as you mentioned, obviously favourites because they're the Munster champions and uh, All-Ireland champions as well, of course. But Cork really, I think it would be fair to say, I don't think anyone would crib if you said Cork should probably be All-Ireland or Munster champions. 
beans, I should say. But it was a last-minute goal, that su- a sucker punch goal from Jake Morris, who won an All-Ireland uh, medal last week as well, Celtic Cross, who got that goal, and it was just an absolute sucker punch. But um, they... Obviously, a tip would be favourites, but Cork shouldn't um, shouldn't be worried about them. Cork have just got another point uh, there. It's a red and white helmet. If you turn around, they never like turning around for <laughs> us uh, journals in the press box. But it's uh, number six, Sean O'Leary Hayes from Middleton. Number two, sorry, yeah, James Connor O'Callaghan from Jumtar. Sorry, um, we've got to get used to the helmets here now because they don't like turn to us. But yeah, um, tip obviously favourites, and they're playing as favourites already. Number 15 from tip going, Connor Bow going through as well. He set up that last goal, but he's after putting it wide. But Cork shouldn't really fear from big because they played exceptionally well against them in the Munster final um, that we were at in Turles and I was in front of a home tip crowd and you know mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier on it was just that sucker punch goal that caught them at the right at the end and as you mentioned as well earlier on Dennis String there's, I'm sure he'll be a name in the hat for the senior job if they can yeah. win today and I'm sure he hasn't said it but it's in the back of his mind as well um, and Cork have got another point so look it's it's two points one already uh, that's scored by number 12 that's uh, Derek Con- Connery from uh, Napiercy so look that uh, goal that sucker punch goal after 30 seconds is almost uh, gone now again after four minutes so Cork uh, straight back into it and obviously that first point with Brian Turnbull uh, settling the nerves as well Yeah it looks like a big crowd there Kieran just watching it on TV there looks fairly even though between Cork and Tip fans Underneath us, it looks mainly tip, but um, actually the camera is over on the, the far side now, which is great as well because you can see the, the main section of the crowd. But over underneath the, the, the camera is actually, it, it, there is a bit of tip, but it actually looks more uh, red over there. Mm. Um, but I think they were estimating around 25, 26,000 here today, which is massive. They were expecting to sell out both sides. It looks like they're they're as good as full anyway you know they'll never be 100% full because they obviously leave some uh, seats for health and safety but uh, there's massive crowd here even trying to get in uh, we got caught in huge traffic uh, coming into the the Gaelic grounds uh, but then of course everyone coming in the same road but um, definitely uh, everyone expecting a fantastic game for and we've got it so far after five minutes tip running into again that's number 11 he's crossing over this could be another tip goal it is no no another tip goal Two goals now for Tip, three points for Cork after five minutes. That's gone in from number, I think that's uh, 15, I think possibly. Uh, Connor Bowe is on the other side of the pitch, but that was another bad uh, goal to concede for Cork. Ball cross, ball sent across the goals. Cork caught ball watching, I think, there, and uh, he was left, I think it's Connor Bowe, anyway. he was left free. No, it's number 13, it's 13 I think, Andrew. Norman Jacob Arkins. He was left wide open and he got a, a great goal. He's through again. Now he's after passing in. Tip through again. Could they get a third goal? Number 14 has it and it's a third goal. Oh, tip. What? Number 14, Billy Seymour has got it. What? This is, is going on. This is a disaster for Cork. There's three goals in the point for Tip. Cork of three points. Billy Seymour has got that after five minutes, six minutes. Or I've never seen goals in six minutes at the start of a match. Tip absolutely on fire. And Cork actually kind of falling apart in the back they need to get another score just to, to settle themselves mm. down because uh, Dennis Ring looks a tiny bit agitated now as well actually <laughs> on the sideline I can imagine but three goals Billy Seymour getting two of them and I think it is uh, Andrew Ormond uh, over on the far side got that other goal but three goals in six minutes or that's not uh, what you want from any team and Tip have it again and they're on, that's blocked down in fairness by number five Jerm Mellerick but they're obviously going to be on fire now with, with the goals um, Cork really their backs to the wall 
they need a lot to do nine uh, Tommy O'Connell from Middleton has that he's uh, after passing it out to Ryan Walsh of Kentark he's going to take a shot and that is going to go close the umpire is putting up the flag so it's another point for Cork they really really needed that that uh, score as mentioned by Ryan Walsh from Kentark uh, four points to three goals and one now after seven minutes uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a start like this Roar uh, yeah, that tip, yeah that Tipperary full forward line is on fire at Cork don't know what to do with them at the moment Karen, I'm going to let you take a break watch the game we'll come back to you in a couple of minutes for a further update but uh, fingers crossed it'll be better for Cork when we talk again well tip running in through again now Roar it's number 13 again he's passed it to number 9 who's running straight through it could be number 4 it is oh Number four, Jerome oh, no. Cal from Kilroan McDonald's is after getting a fourth goal for Tipper oh. After seven and a half minutes, this is a disaster so far. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> what, what what to say, Roar, really. It's just a huge defensive uh, lapses here. Uh, Cork really falling apart after eight minutes. They have a huge amount of work. That's 13 points to four already after seven and a half minutes. Cork in big, big trouble here. Well, so far. Yeah, Kieran, I'm hoping this will be similar to the footballers three weeks ago when they went 1-6 down against Dublin and came back to win. So, fingers crossed, that's a good omen. Uh, you'd be hoping. I think we'll clutch at anything at the moment, Roar, because Tipper all over uh, Cork. Cork will get another point here. That's number seven. He should. Robert Downey. No, he's put that to the right and wide. Very poor wide, actually. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, grab any straw we can uh, clutch <laughs> at at this stage, Roar. All right, Kieran, we'll take a break there. We'll come back to you in a couple of minutes. Cheers, Roar. That's Kieran O'Regan, a disaster, disaster of a start for Cork in that under-20 hurling championship final. Four goals for Tipperary in the opening eight minutes. Sensational start um, for Tipperary. But can Cork come back? I mean, like I, I, I mentioned, the, the footballers start because if you're watching the footballers a couple of weeks ago against Dublin, you would have thought that there's no way that um, Cork can come back from that. Uh, but they are now nine points down after the opening eight minutes. Tipperary four one, Cork four points. Um, we'll go back to Kieran in just a little bit. But uh, I'm uh, I'm breathless just watching this on TV. So fingers crossed uh, the Rebels can get it back. But that Tipperary forward line is on fire. Scored eight goals against Wexford in the semi final. Sensational stuff indeed. Um, we'll go back to Kieran in just a couple of minutes. But still plenty of time for Cork to get back into this game. So look, we won't be. Uh, won't be writing your obituaries just quite yet. Um, Ireland um, playing England today in their World Cup warm-up match at Twickenham. Um, a massive defeat for Ireland. 57-15 was how it finished. Willow Callaghan uh, was in Twickenham today. England 57, Ireland 15. For the second warm-up game in a row, Ireland's focus probably more on an injury being picked up just weeks out from the Rugby World Cup. Though they've been completely bashed and beaten by a record margin by Eddie Jones England this afternoon. Prop Keen Healy hobbled off in pain just before half-time with an injury to his right ankle. And he joins Joey Carberry and being a major fitness concern ahead of the tournament in Japan. The hosts look in good shape ahead of the World Cup, shaking off last week's defeat to Wales by scoring eight tries in a 42-point rout in front of 81,000 fans in the 50th meeting of the sides at Twickenham. Joe Cockenasiga, Elliot Daly, a man of the match, Manu Tilagi, all scored tries in the first half as the hosts build up a 22-10 half-time lead. Moro Itaji, Luke Cowan-Dickey, Tom Curry and George Cruz going over as well as the second try for Cockenasiga in the second half. Ireland's trying the first 
first half came in the 10th minute a rare bright spot in the match for them Ian Henderson stealing possession from an English line out before the ball was worked across the pitch and Leinster speedster Larmer profited from a Jacob Stockdale ship over the English defence Ross Byrne showed his array of kicking from hand and also scored five points in the opening half Bundyaki grabbed what proved to be a consolation second Irish try in the corner seven minutes from time in what's England's biggest ever margin of defeat to England in the history of this fixture next up for Ireland back to back games with the Six Nations Grand Slam winners Wales before Joe Schmidt finalises his 31-man squad for Japan. Final score here at Twickenham, England 57, Ireland 15. Yes, the worst ever defeat to England, as we'll mention there, 57 uh, points to 15. Now, we'll hear more from Joe Schmidt later in this show, but he says it's a performance that raises plenty of concerns ahead of the World Cup in Japan. Yeah, it is a serious problem. You've got to make sure that you can rebound from this and, and get a number of different elements of the game back in order. There were so many aspects that we didn't get right today that uh, that we were we looked dishevelled out there. To be honest, yeah, that was very leggy, leggy indeed. And um, we're going to hear from uh, Josh Smith later on in the show in a bit more detail. Um, Tipperary and Cork have traded points. It was now Tipperary four two, Cork five points with ten minutes on the clock there in Limerick. Uh, Manchester United have lost at home to Crystal Palace. Darren Stanage. United nil, Palace won. Palace beat United then for the first time in the Premier League. Goals from Ayew and an injury time winner from Van Arnholt just when Daniel James thought he'd given his side a point. After the midweek Pogba penalty fuss, Rashford had his turn today, striking the post from the spot. United probably didn't deserve to win this one. Just three of their 22 shots were on target. Solskjaer says his side are still learning and for a successful season they need to learn fast as Crystal Palace get their season up and running in the unlikeliest of venues. So that's... Um the full-time report from Old Trafford. Um, of course, more penalty drama for Manchester United after Paul Pogba, Wolves on Monday, and then um, Rashford missing the penalty today, um, smacking the inside of the post. Um, he, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, doesn't think the uh, that affected his side today. If you score a penalty, that's a different case. If you if you miss it, I thought they got the, the act together second half. I thought we... We couldn't fault them at all. Efforts uh, just didn't hit target. Liverpool have gone a goal up on Arsenal as well. Joel Matip uh, with a header from a corner from Trent Alexander-Arnold. So 44 minutes on the clock. Liverpool won Arsenal. Cork's Creven Kelleher as well. The former ring man, Rangers man on the bench um, for the Reds today. So uh, fantastic to see his progress uh, continue at Anfield. Uh, right, going to hear from uh, Crystal Palace boss uh, Roy Hodgson. It's... Um, the first time Palace have won at Old Trafford since 1989. When they got the penalty, I thought, well, that's unfortunate for us. And then, of course, they did manage to get the equaliser, but it was strong to come back and win the game after all. So I think it was one of those performances where the whole of the team and even the substitutes can take an awful lot of credit. Update from Anfield, Shane Pennington. It's Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0 and Jurgen Klopp's side in front just before the half-time interval courtesy of a bullet header from Joel Matip it was a corner from this right-hand side from Alexander-Arnold it was a corner which was an outswinger and there around the penalty spot was Matip to power the header into the left-hand top corner it's Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0 Tipperary have added another couple of points as well they now lead Cork by 11 it's Tipperary 4-4, Cork 5 points with uh, 12 minutes on the clock in that game um, at the Gaelic Grounds and horrendous start from the Rebels four goals they conceded inside eight minutes but still plenty of time left I'm not giving up hope still plenty of time left I have a feeling there's something special something magical in this core team but Tipperary are looking very 
Very good indeed. All right, it's going to run up the rest of the day's action in the Premier League and uh, we're going to hear from uh, Carol Oder, Ian Beach reports on Frank Lampard's first Premier League win as Chelsea boss. Norwich 2, Chelsea 3. So Frank Lampard is celebrating his first win as Chelsea manager and he has Tammy Abraham to thank really the young centre forward who came through Chelsea's ranks scoring two goals in this game. He got them off the mark inside three minutes with a volley and he scored what proved to be the winner just after the hour with a great finish from the edge of the penalty area. Norwich levelled up in this match twice but it's Chelsea who win leading three times. Norwich 2, Chelsea 3. I'm going to hear now from uh, Frank Lampard. We should have had the game tied up earlier because we had chances and we controlled big parts of it and obviously satisfied three points. A really tough place to come. Norwich are a very good side. I knew that already. We knew that. They will take a lot of points off teams home and away, but we controlled the game. So um, I'm very pleased with the performance. West Ham, what a good win on the road today. Andrew Chill. Watford 1, West Ham 3. The Hammers good value for the win and Sebastian Haller looks to be a more than decent addition to their squad. His first two goals for the club, a two-yard tap-in and the other an acrobatic overhead right footer. Noble's penalty had given the Hammers an early lead. Gray's crisp right footer levelled the scores. Will Hughes' miss of the century cost Watford a second equaliser. It would have been 2-2 and the home side paid the price. Watford 1, West Ham 3. Southampton winning on the road to Brighton, Richard Newman. Full time, 10 man Brighton and Home Albion nil. Southampton to Ralph Parston Hurtle's side off the mark for the season. Moussa Gineppo scoring the opener minutes after coming on as a sub. A brilliant strike into the top corner from the edge of the box. They wrapped up the points when Nathan Redmond slotted in from close range in stoppage time when Albion had overcommitted in attack. Brighton had to play an hour with 10 men after Florin Andone's red card for a reckless challenge, but they didn't sit back and dominated long spells of this game. They almost equalised at 1 0 down when Jürgen. And Lacardia dumped the post from five yards out. Lewis Dunk also had a goal ruled out by VAR, but Brighton suffered their first defeat of the season. Southampton with their first points. They've won 2 0. Leicester winning away to Sheffield United today. At least that was a Bramall lane. It's finished Sheffield United 1, Leicester City 2, and a thumped in effort from substitute Harvey Barnes earned Leicester a first win of the season. His goal came when they were on the ropes, though. They've just conceded. There's another substitute, Ollie McBurney, came on to get his first goal for the home side, and that came after local lad Jamie Vardy had put the visitors ahead for his first of the season with England manager Gareth Southgate watching on. Full time, Sheffield United 1, Leicester 2. Half time, Whistle has just gone at Anfield as well. Liverpool uh, lead Arsenal by a goal to them. We'll get you a half time report on that one in just a little bit. Uh, elsewhere today, football wise, um, in the Munster Senior League, it finished Douglas Hall 2, College Corinthians 2, Ringmahan Rangers had a 1 0 win over Rockmount Paul Tisi with a penalty there for the Ringers. Elsewhere, um, Longford Town have uh, finally confirmed that uh, manager Neil Fenn has resigned from his position and they released um, what could be best described as a terse two-line statement today uh, saying Longford Town Football Club would like to confirm that manager Neil Fenn has resigned from his position and the club wish him the best for his future Dar Doyle has been appointed interim manager Um, speculation not so much speculation Neil Fenn was watching Cork City uh, last night as they slumped out of the FAI Cup to Galway United um, but it's just been confirmed today uh, that he's actually left his job it's expected that Neil Fenn will be announced as Cork City manager early in the week um, replacing interim uh, head coach uh, John Cotter um, so um, yeah Neil Fenn we'll discuss that in a little bit but it looks like Neil Fenn is going to be Cork City manager early uh, in the week uh, Longford Town we were going out of the FA Cup last night on penalties 
uh, with a one uh, after drawing one all uh, with Bohemians uh, last night. And elsewhere, Harry Kenny stepped down as St. Patrick's athletic manager. The uh, Saints currently fifth in the Premier League uh, table. They lost 3-1 to UCD in the uh, second round of the uh, Cup last night. A couple of results as well um, from the uh, local championships today in the uh, Senior Football Championship. Uh, it finished after extra time. Uh, Clan 314. Uh, O'Donovan Ross won 19. One point win there for Clan. Uh, so they went to the quarterfinals. In the Intermediate Hurling Championship, Cladov had a narrow win over Dungorny 115 at 211. Half time at Anfield as well. Going to go to Shane Pennington. It's Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0 and the goal come in just four minutes before the interval where a corner from the right-hand side from Trent Alexander-Arnold was met with a bullet header from Joel Matip, his first goal in the Premier League for 11 months. Prior to that, Arsenal had the better chances, most of them coming from Nicolas Pepe. He curled just wide from 20 yards out on the half-hour mark and then he ran clear after Jordan Henderson had given the ball and only to see a weak effort, well saved by Adrian. It's Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0. As I mentioned, uh, Rugby Ireland well beaten by England today, but uh, Scotland, who are played first in the uh, World Cup, uh, had a good win over France today, 17-14 was how it finished in Murrayfield. And Roy McIlroy in tie for second at the PGA Tour Championship. He is on 12 under par. He is uh, two shots behind uh, the leader, Brooks Kupka, McIlroy teeing off uh, just after 8pm. Irish time this evening um, back to Limerick we go now um, still not looking good for Cork Tipperary aren't giving the Rebels a second um, back to Ciarán um, Ciarán Tipperary all over Cork Cork look nervous Tipperary can uh, smell blood in the water I think and they look very very good indeed uh, absolutely uh, there's a 12 point difference at the moment Brian Turnbull has just uh, knocked over another point for Cork so uh, at the moment after 20 minutes it's tip 4-7 Cork uh, 7 points it's 11 scores to 7 but it's just when you add up the goals it obviously improves that uh, scoreline for tip but uh, they, they Cork have steadied the ship some bit but they were disastrous four goals and I, Cork haven't scored four goals in the championship this year so um, I'm not quite sure they'll uh, be able to pull the this one back already but they've that actually looked like a score the umpires have given a wide ball but I think that actually was a possibly a point for tip but anyway it's gone wide anyway, according to the, the umpire um, but Cork have still in the ship some bit but they have a huge amount of work to do here Roar, um, number 8 on the ball now at the moment Ryan Walsh has put that into the 20 metre line uh, but that's after being overturned and Oregon uh, didn't get that one up into the hurl and tip come away with it again then a huge amount of work Dennis Ring's going to be a very very concerned man going in at, um, at half time tip man just uh, ran over the sideline here as well uh, while he was pucking the ball so uh, Lions and Sean Saxon Dublin's after uh, giving a line ball to Cork right on the halfway line a lot of work for Cork needing to be done here after only 20 minutes or what can Dennis Ring do who can he spring from the bench to kind of turn things around I know Craig Hannafin um, was probably unlucky not to be named in the starting 15 he's a big tall half forward he could be an option to come in in the second half maybe you took the words out of my mouth he's the, the main man in that subs bench that could come on Craig Hannafin I think you definitely will see him fantastic catch from Shane O'Regan there he's just blocked down but yeah Craig Hannafin definitely will uh, definitely see him make an appearance I think at half time he hasn't got any game time this year and not being biased because he's from my own club Jamie Copps from Ballyhay but he has played very well with Ballyhay so far this season I think he's worked a few minutes uh, to come on and get a a bit of game time as well 
as is Ronan Sheen from Mallow very good uh, defender I think he could uh, strengthen things a small bit in the back line but to get scores I think you need to be bringing on on Craig Hannafin but I don't know Dennis doesn't seem too uh, concerned about bringing on this up right now maybe you know I don't know uh, he'll probably wait till half time but yeah they'll definitely have to bring Craig Hannafin he's the only one that's up bench that I could see getting scores maybe Evan Sheen Mm. The Pearson, uh, could could come on but other than that I, I'm not quite sure and 12 points is the gap uh, to very 4-7 Cork 7 points thanks for that Kieran. we'll come back to you in a little bit yeah cheers Art. fingers crossed Cork can get it back but Tipperary are looking very very good indeed today at uh, the Gaelic grounds uh, right as a, we were discussing the Cork City situation going to hear briefly from um, interim head coach John Cotter looks like last night was his last game uh, in uh, quote-unquote charge of the Rebel Army um, following um, his uh, appointment as uh, John Caulfield's successor um, following Caulfield sacking uh, a number of months back hasn't been the easiest of times for John Cotter but he's, uh, done, he's done okay and you could see the um, I suppose um, the style of play he was trying to get across was slowly coming across but last night's um, results simply wasn't good enough Um Galway United having a poor, poor season. Um, Cork City, the FA Cup was their only chance of lifting the gloom, I suppose, of this season and then crash out to Galway United last night thanks to O'Connor Melody uh, or header, uh, I should say, from a corner. It's simply not good enough. Um, it's the only words for it. Um, Cork City fans hoping for a cup run. Not going to get it now. We're in the cup final for the last four years. Um, certainly won't be going to the Aviva this year. Um, so massively, massively uh, disappointing. Um, We'll talk about Neil Fenn in a bit, but look, this is the reaction of John Cotter um, following um, last night's uh, defeat. Tough defeat, really. It was, look, but I thought Galway, to be fair to them, look, we kind of, on that side of it, you've no complaints. I thought they they were hungrier for the, on the night and uh, they deserved to go through. Were you surprised with how, how good they were? Like No, because, we, look, we spoke about that during the week and uh, look at the cup football in the last round, we should have... We spoke about complacency, which we probably wore towards the in the second half of that game over there, or Camantini in the last round, and um, that should have, we spoke about that during the week to make sure we were ready for tonight. And one reason or another, we weren't ready. And uh, to be fair to Galway, they deserved to go through. Is it a disappointing way to bow the the cup like? Oh, absolutely! Look, you never want to bow. We've an unbelievable record in this cup for the last four years, four finals, and um, look, you never want to get bow out of anything. And um, it just wasn't good enough, to be honest. It wasn't a we didn't put in a good performance, we didn't create any chances and um, God, we were full value for it. What can Cork City concentrate now on towards the end of this season? Like this Look, if we concentrate on Sligo next week, which yeah. is a massive game, it's a home game, um, needs to try and get back up the table. That's you have to do. Cork City, it's it's the biggest club in the country in my eyes, the most demanding club in the country and you have to have a lot of character and passion and stuff to play for this club and the players are going to have to show a lot of that now over the coming weeks. It was a week of uncertainty in the club. Yeah, they certainly will have to uh, show um, that in the next couple of weeks as well because uh, they have a new manager to impress Neil Fenn watching from the sidelines last night um, wonder what he thought uh, of that performance and uh, what he'll be inheriting as Cork City boss he's expected to be unveiled uh, early in the uh, the week um, there's nothing concrete on that but then that's what I'm hearing um, so Cork City will have uh, a new manager um, he's still doing his pro licence he's actually doing his pro licence alongside John Cotter which will make for uh, interesting conversations when they, they bump into each other um, back on the pro licence course um, 
John Cotter um, inherited a very, very tough situation um, from John Caulfield, or not from John Caulfield, but when he took over as John Caulfield's successor. Um, tried to get the team playing um, a different way, I suppose, and you could see the effects of that. They were start- they certainly passed the ball uh, around a lot more, um, weren't all that clinical in front of goal. Um, thought they had turned a corner uh, with the win over Waterford and the win over Cabin Teeley. Um, but then... I suppose the the cup defeat last night, the news breaking that Neil Fenn um, was set to take over as Cork City boss, and that uh, John Cotter would be stepping aside, must have created, um, I suppose, a sense of uneasiness in the squad, and that carried over into the performance last night. Um, so, look, massively disappointing for Cork City to exit the cup. It isn't good enough for Cork City to be exiting the cup at this stage. It's not good enough for Cork City to be exiting the cup to a first division side at this stage and no one is going to disagree with that um, Neil Fenn has a huge job to do as a Cork City boss um, to get Cork City back up the top of the table where they have been for the last number of years barring this year um, it's a huge job for him his Longford Town teams play decent football best football in the first division I've seen them quite a bit over the last 18 months uh, down at Cove and they've always uh, impressed me Um former Cork City player of course coming back in um, member of the uh, the 05 winning side the former Tottenham man um, so it's the start for New Year talk that he's going to be in the dugout for the Sligo game next Friday night as well so it'll be a baptism of fire for, for him uh, a couple of games for him to get a, his feet under the table see what needs to be done for next season it's going to be a big big off season as he starts the rebuilding job there uh, and to see who he can bring in and see what players are going to go out so wish him all the very best um, as I said expected to be announced earlier in the week but a huge job uh, facing Neil Fenn Longford Town fans aren't too happy with the manager of his departure judging from the statement as well um, Longford aren't best pleased and they probably know like you can't blame them really for uh, the way Neil has left the club but um, that's football I guess he's moving on to a, a bigger job Corks, the Corksley job is one of the biggest if not the biggest job in the country massive potential here um, a lot of uh, pressure that comes with that and uh, fingers crossed Neil Fink can get Corksley back up uh, the table uh, where they belong and uh, back challenging uh, for the title alright I'm going to take a quick break when we come back going to get a half time report from Kieran um, from uh, the Gaelic Grounds and also going to hear from our Cork boss Efi Fitzgerald as uh, Cork prepare to face Dublin tomorrow in the uh, All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship semi-final The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Very glad you tuned into us on The Big Red Bench this evening it's approaching a half time in Limerick and Kieran Cork chipping away a little bit of that Tipperary lead they're, they're tipping away uh, 4 9 to 10 points now uh, just on the stroke of half time uh, another wide from Cork there's been a, a few wides but Derek Connery has got back with another score Ryan Walsh tipping uh, over another point as well um, it, there'll be a lot of harsh words at, at half time I think although well, maybe encouraging rather than harsh maybe but uh, Dennis Ring is uh, ever the uh, the philosophical person I suppose you could say but it's half time here now in the, the LIT Gaelic runs he's uh, clapping the lads off there'll be a lot of words said I think but they'll know themselves they, they have a lot of work to do here you know um, it is uh, it's, it's uh, 12 plus 9 it's 21 plus 10 it's, uh, you know it, it's not an insurmountable lead but it is a huge amount of work as well that they, they have to do 
to get back into this game. And uh, I don't know, I definitely can see a couple of changes, if not one at least, with Craig Hannafin possibly coming in at halftime. Mm. And this is the biggest team talk of Dennis Ring's life, I think, here coming up. Um, like, what do you say to the lads? I mean, like, you can see four goals in eight minutes. I mean, like, it's it's an almost absurd situation. I can't remember a game like that um, off the top of my head. Um, so, I mean, like, what does he say to the lads? I mean, like, what does he change? I mean, like, it's 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 going to be a fascinating 15 minutes inside that court dressing room. It, it's sure will. I, I'm not sure what you can even say. You know, it's just, it's done. But, you know, just drive on and, and try and uh, get back that, that score. I don't think there's anything you can really say. The lads at this level should know anyway. They, they you know, they have a lot of work to do and they don't need to, they shouldn't need to be told anyway. Uh, what has to be done now they have tightened up a small bit but tips still getting through that defence but like I said there probably will be a sub or two come in but I I don't know what you could say to a team who has conceded that much in that short space of time Mm. at the very start of a game as well but I think Cork have kind of come back into the game in fairness to them but they just they have so much work to do Is is it too much work to do? Quite possibly, um, Tipperary could be going home with an All Ireland title again here tonight. But Cork really have to come out and give out, give the best second half. I think of any Cork team in a long, long, long time, they'll have to give a, just a serious performance. Well, on the plus side, they haven't conceded any more goals after that eight-minute spell, so they obviously tighten things up a bit at the back. It's just getting the ball into that forward line now for Cork is only key. And look, an early goal will change the, the complexion of this tie completely. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't. Fairness, it'll give him a lot of confidence. The Collins will have a fantastic save as well to uh, stop uh, another another uh, goal as well, a fifth goal for Tip. So hopefully that'll give him confidence because I think two of the goals came from pokeouts as well, which yeah. isn't ideal. But yeah, they have to put in the, the, the best second half of their careers, uh, early careers. And but hopefully. You know, that maybe an early goal like you mentioned would change the landscape a good bit as well and give them confidence to drive on. So hopefully, look, they're going in at half time, playing well. Hopefully, they can keep that going into the second half. All right, Kieran, we'll come back to the start of the second half. Thanks for that. Cheers, sir. Yeah, it's Kieran O'Regan there in uh, Limerick. So fingers crossed that we have a big thirty minutes ahead of us um, from a Rebels perspective. Um, another massive game tomorrow in Croke Park: the All Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship semi-final, Cork and Dublin going head to head. Kieran's speaking to Rebels boss Evie Fitzgerald. Game obviously uh, tomorrow Sunday um, against Dublin in the All Ireland semi-final. Um, something you're looking forward to? Yeah, well, we prepared hard and, you know, we worked hard for this all year, so um, we're, we more or less have a clean bill of health, so we're, the girls are looking forward to it and it'll be a big challenge for us, obviously, then, then Dublin, but, you know, that's what we aim for and, you know, we've had a great year today, so hopefully we can finish it off now with the appearance in All-Ireland. Yeah, I think uh, between you have a combined total of 14 All-Ireland senior titles. I know you're not looking ahead to the, the All-Ireland final of big, big matches against Dublin at stake first, but um, like it just goes to, to show, the, I suppose, the, the what's going to be on offer for people to, to watch and, and the, the strength of the both sides. Yeah, well, over the last 10, 10 years particularly, it was just in Cork and Dublin in, in most of the finals. And, you know, they've always been very close. Um, I'm not sure if this is the first semi-final that the, the pair have met in. Um, possibly is. But, um, yeah, I think so. But, but that said, 
you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's a semi-final or final or quarter-final. You know, you have to beat the best teams if you're going to win an All-Ireland. Dublin have been the best for the last couple of years. So, um, But I'm very proud of my girls as well. You know, they've put in a massive effort. And, you know, since I started, I think we have only seven girls left of, of the, the 2016 panel. Um, so that's testament to the girls to be to be competitive, you know, at this level. Um, you know, we are in the final last year. We won a few leagues. We won much of championships. So it's, it's obviously a big step to... Winning All Ireland, but you know the amount of effort they've put in and the the way they've developed um, over the last couple of years has been phenomenal, really. And you know it's was a lot of it is testament to the good work that's been done underage. You know, particularly at minor level with John there, and, and you know I was involved slightly with the under 14 this year with Dominic Allen. And you know the amount of effort that we put in underage is, is fantastic. And I think we, you know, at, at senior level we're we're seeing the fruits of that. But but it's a big jump from from. I mean, it's no longer the case, really, where you can kind of step out of minor into senior mm-hmm. um, because of the physicality and the, you know, the amount of strength conditioning involved. So, so all, but all in all, we, we have to say we're very, very pleased with, with you know, with our progression today. And hopefully on Sunday, like my wish for the girls on Sunday, that they'll go, they'll express themselves and they'll really give it a good go. And I think if we do, we, 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 you know, there will be chance. Yeah, the games between yourself and Dublin have always been uh, very close, especially, um, I think it's possibly the last time you met, uh, went to extra time, uh, serious weather um, down in uh, Nolan Park, I think it was, like that. Yeah. Uh, are we expecting the same again? Oh, I, I don't think there's ever much, there's ever going to be much between the teams because of the quality of the players. I suppose that the advantage Dublin have over us is that individually they're, they're, they have a lot more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're they've been on the go for ten years, and I think that's made them stronger. You know they've had four or five maybe defeats, heartbreaking defeats, some of them along the way. And I think they're a battle-hardened group. You know a lot of the girls are in their late twenties, early thirties. So you know a testament to the commitment they have to their to their county and, and that because it's it's probably a bit unusual to have a, a group who stay together that long, particularly ladies football. So um, with the you know, the effort and commitment that, that, that it takes to, to be successful now. So they're a very driven group. They're very battle-hardened. They're well-organized. And, you know, they have some fantastic footballers. So, um, but I think we're the same. The only thing they have over us, as I said earlier, there is that probably have a little bit more experience. But that's okay, too. I mean, we can go to Co Park, you know, and some of the girls will be there, you know, for the first time. I think Niamh Cotter and Ema Coyley off the top of my head. No, will certainly be, will be their first visit to Park right there so but that's exciting for the girls as well you know and they're you know as I said they work very hard and are all the girls you know the likes of Kira and, and, and Martina have been phenomenal really with the, with the younger ones in terms of you know guiding them along and, and you know they, I think everybody knows what to expect up there I suppose the big fear for me going up there from, from the point of view of of playing Crow Park is great and everything but that, that we get a bit of a crowd because if there's only you know, four or five thousand there it will be you know, it should be a weird atmosphere. Um, so I would hope that people will come out. And, I, you know, when people come out, I suppose it's mainly Dublin people. But I would hope that they'll generate an atmosphere there because there's nothing worse than playing in, in, in an empty stadium. Yeah, I was going to talk, touch on that, uh, Well, You have the four best teams in the, the championship there. You'd hope that there'd be uh, some crowd. Obviously, there'll be a big Dublin uh, contingent there with as good as a home game for them. But, um, like, it, it, Crow Park can be a very echoey place when there's not a, a decent yeah. crowd there. It can. Um, you know, I mean, going on previous experiences in semi finals, you know, there's been very, very small crowds. 
um, and you have the, the men's final the following week, so a lot of dubs might be saving their money to yeah. go there because it can be quite expensive, you know, to, to go to these games and bring in a family. Um, you know, it can cost you a few hundred quid just to go to, even if you're living in Dublin with the price of the tickets and that. So, um, but I don't know. I hope I hope that we'll get, we'll get some bit of a crowd. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's the factor outside of our control. But I think the girls deserve it. The four teams involved, as you said, they're four four best teams in the country. So. And they deserve a crowd, but whether that happens or not, who knows? But at the end of the day, we just have to go focus on, on what we have to do. And, you know, we've put in a massive effort this year. You know, I think the girls are fitter than they've ever been. You know, we, James Masters and Kevin Tatt particularly there, have done a phenomenal job with them, both, both physically and from a tactical point of view. So, but on any given day, you just don't know. You know, decisions go far, you're against you. You know, you need a little bit of luck as well. Um, I mean, the final last year, you know, Emer Scali had one kicked off the line, I would have put a hit with 10 minutes score, they went down and got a goal. So the margins are fairly fine. Yeah. Um, but I think we're a little bit more experienced this year and we're hopefully, you know, we're, well, as I said earlier there, like, I would hope that from, from our point of view that the girls can go and express themselves and just see it as a game. You know, you can play the game rather than the occasion because at times when you go to, when you be, go to big stadiums and you have the hullabaloo of, you know, as a resume it has before the game and that, you can get caught up a little bit in that. But, but um, we try to get out against that, so hopefully um, we go, we, we play our football, and if we do that, I think, as I said earlier, I think we have a, we have a much better opportunity to uh, to win the game. Uh, we touched on, on Crow Park there. Do you, I don't know whether this is, sounds right now, but I know it's great to play in Crow Park, but is it an element of tokenism to be put in the, the semi-finals in there? When, on past experience over the years, the crowds haven't been massive for the semis? Well, I think it's probably an effort to to raise the profile of the mm. of, of the ladies' game. Um, but I do, my own opinion, and this has always been that unless there's an affiliation with the, with the GA, um, that you're never going to get the crowds at the game, really. And I think it yeah. would be great, you know, having the, the ladies' games maybe before the, the senior semi-final or whatever would be. Now, I know you have the minor factor, but I, I don't see any harm in playing three games either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that you'd have a much better atmosphere. And again, it gets back to, you know, looking after the girls. Um, you know, on Sunday, obviously the families will be up there and all of that. But I think our girls, as has been well documented, they don't get any expenses. Um, for all the travelling and stuff they do. So, you know, that needs to be addressed because the amount of effort they're putting in. I mean, it's for us, really, they're, they're training five days a week, three three with us and two in the gym. And, you know, and lots of them are all of pocket. And to be honest, without their parents, I think a lot of the girls would struggle because we have a lot of girls who are in college and that, who, you know, who are in learning. So, um, and there's never a complaint, you know, there's, there's, which in a way can be, can be a bad thing. I think girls are more accepting. Um, situations that fellas are and yeah. you know I'm always trying to drive the girls on to get more and more and more in terms of, of nobody should be out of pocket for playing for their coach yeah of you know, course and, you know and I think the, the, the enjoyment they give they give motivation they give um, in the name of cock really and I, I won't say our own coaching board are fantastic they do the best they can for us you know we're never left short in anything within reason that we can that they can they can um, provide for us and Carter Cock have been have been good for us as well this year you know so so, you know, people are doing their best, but I do think that unless there's an affiliation, then they're never going to get the crowds at the ladies' matches, which would, which would generate funds to, to pay, 
the, the expenses to the girls. Yeah, I think uh, the, the LGFA had a video up lately on Facebook. Um, you got an insight into some of the commitment that the girls are travelling the distance uh, yeah. to train in every night. Yeah, but and I suppose we're, we're most probably, I suppose the, the more rural counties, you know, the girls like we have girls in West Cork, but I'd imagine in the, the likes of my own guy where the girls will be travelling fair distances as yeah. well, you know, um, yeah. the bigger counties particularly. Yeah, you, know, you, so. you mentioned some of the girls there. It'll be their first time in in Crow Park. Is it hard to, I suppose, get their head in the game, for lack of a, a better term? Well, it's not they're very focused. Well, at first, as I could tell you, they're very focused. So, um, yeah, and again, like I'm always stressing, you know, there's two posts, and you know, it's nothing changes in that regard. I think once the game starts, it's fine. It's just the, the fact that you go to Crow Park and the history of the place, and you know. Um, what's gone on before there? It is, it is a big. No matter what anybody says, if you're playing in Crow Park, it, it, it is a big deal because there's very few people get to get get to play in their particularly in championship game. So it's a great honour. And um, but I want, I suppose, from our point of view, we just want our girls to focus on the on the game. And you know, I suppose the environment for us will come afterwards. You know, I mean, when you're playing in county football, it's a serious, serious. Um, event and you know you have to give it everything and you know it's, it's not easy but it's, 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 the girl you're on is, is every bit as good as you are every bit as fit as you are so it's kind of doggy dog but you know I think once we give once we go out there and we have a very very good footballers once we go out there and express ourselves then I think we'll be fine but it, you know with regard to what goes on in people's heads related to the, yeah. to the venue I suppose that, that's really all of our control we do the best we can to to support everybody and, and that can be a lonely place as well if you're, you know things aren't going well for you yeah. but I mean our group are, you know we're very strong and you know everybody supports one another so we win together we lose together we, we make mistakes together so that's just the way it is and we get on with it yeah. well look Efi I'll leave you at it but uh, thanks very much for joining us on a big revenge and best luck uh, tomorrow on that all in semi-final against Dublin yeah well thanks yeah very best luck indeed uh, to the Rebels tomorrow we'll have uh, updates across the course of the day and reaction to come on the Big Red Bench uh, tomorrow evening from 6pm alright I'm just going to get an update from Anfield Liverpool have doubled their lead it's Liverpool 2 Arsenal nil, and just minutes into the second period Arsenal give away a penalty inside their own box David Luiz it was who pulled back Mo Salah in the area referee Anthony Taylor spotted it straight away gave the penalty and Mo Salah has just smashed it into the left hand top corner it's Liverpool 2 Arsenal nil. And I've just looked up and Mo Salah has added a third for Liverpool with a very, very nice finish indeed, left-footed. Uh, about 16 yards out, just curls it past the keeper. Very, very nice finish. So it's Liverpool 3, Arsenal nil, and now we're on the clock and Liverpool are cruising. All right, second half just getting underway in uh, Limerick. Any sign of changes, Kieran? Yeah, one change on the Cork team. Simon Kenefick, who was named in the sub went at the start but started the game uh, has been replaced by number 23 Evan Sheehan of Napiercy we did say uh, before mm. halftime that he possibly would uh, come on either himself or Craig Hannafin but it's Evan Sheehan is the only sub on the Cork team uh, I've never seen it happen before but as Tip were coming back out onto the pitch they changed the, the music I don't know is it uh, Let's Dance uh, 
an, an oldies, well, I won't call it an oldies song, but uh, from a couple of years ago, yeah. Uh, and they, they raised the volume uh, a huge amount as tape were coming out. Um, strange, uh, never seen that happen before. And we think uh, Liam Sheedy uh, came out of the dressing room as well. So uh, he might have had a few words with the tip team at halftime. They're also out uh, a lot later than Cork were. Um, hopefully a lot of words said to Cork. Cork have just had a, a wide ball here from uh, free, I think it is. But I don't know, hopefully Dennis Ring and, and the lads and James Keating, the captain from Kildare, have had a, a lot of words. Words will have to have been said. Talking to the journalists on the, at halftime there, nobody can see Cork coming back into this. It's it's going to be one hell of a fight this second half. All right, Colin, get an update off here in just a bit. Thanks for that. Yeah, cheers, Art. That's uh, Kieran O'Regan in Limerick and for a report from the third goal from Anfield, Shane Pennington. Well, it's Liverpool 3, Arsenal 0 and surely the points have been confirmed here now at Anfield tonight. There's another goal from Mo Salah, this one though, a real moment of class from Liverpool's Egyptian striker. He turned David Luiz inside out on the right-hand side of the pitch just after the halfway line and then ran the length for the Arsenal half, cutting inside on the right, onto his left foot and dispatched a lovely finish from 18 yards out. A real class goal that, Liverpool 3, Arsenal 0. All right, going to talk Gaelic games now again, and um, it's a busy period for the Cork Divisional Boards of Flagship Finals taking place over the next couple of weeks. In Shandoon, the Divisional Kingpins Brian Dunn's up against Whitechurch, who are playing in their first Junior A final in a number of years. That game takes place tomorrow in Ballinlock. Kieran spoke with Piero of the board, Eileen Clifford, to preview the game. A busy weekend for the Shandoon Division, the uh, junior, uh, Sports Star Solutions City Division Junior A hurling championship final. Whitechurch and Brian Dillon's nice novel final in in Ballinlock. Absolutely, a, a, a novel final is right. We have White Church, a young eager team who who won the Junior B in 2016, mm-hmm. went on to win the county and the All Ireland up up Junior A two years, and have proved themselves worthy of, of coming to the final. And then we have Dillon's, a very experienced team, have contested loads of finals over the years. In actual fact, they they won 2015 and they've contested 16, 17, and 18. So a good tradition in, 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 in finals. So we're in for a cracking match. A young eager team against a very experienced traditional team. Yeah, the, the, the Brian Dillons have always been there thereabouts over the last few years. Um, just not breaking that duck of the county championship, I suppose, but they have been there thereabouts in the, the junior final. But for Whitechurch, this is uh, n- new territory for them. It's uh, fantastic to see the new names come up into the finals. It is. It's Whitechurch and um, last won the Junior A City Final in 1997 actually. Mm. So it's 22 years but um, they're a very good side, very young side. Uh, the average age of the team is 25. This year they're being managed by Brendan O'Driscoll and he's brought them on in leaps and bounds and he'll have them he'll have them right for the final I, I, I would imagine. You know, they're a young yeah. young team but they've proven themselves. They 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 beat Nemo, a traditional, you know, who often contest the junior final, beat Nemo in the quarter and beat another good side passage, another good junior holding team passage in a very tight match, beaten by a point in the semi-final. Um, oh, so we don't want to focus everything on, on Whitechurch, but they have a lovely new setup as well that they've uh, built in the last year or two. 
they have they have a they have a beautiful setup out there in White Church. You, you have to say credit to them now. They've come on and, and they're proving and they have young people and they have a good underage structure, you know, yeah. so they have they have they ha- they have the setup right, you know, and it's proving it now that they've made they've made the junior final after only coming um coming into the junior A in twenty seventeen, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it is working and it is a beautiful setup out there and they've put a lot of time and effort and fundraising into it. And I'm delighted for them to be in the final. Yeah, obviously, Brendan uh, O'Driscoll, uh, known countywide as a very good coach. But um, Absolutely, absolutely. Like, uh, Dylan's, you mentioned one in 2015. Um, they've gone into the county section anyway, through the, the, the back door, I suppose, even if you lose uh, a divisional final, now you, you go through. That's uh, a bit of added incentive to get into the final. Um, do, do you think it takes a small bit of bite away from the, the, the finals? I know both teams will want to go out and win the, the final regardless but the fact that they're already bought into the county championship I, I don't think so Karen. I think it actually is is a bonus because you know before you'd, you'd make the final you'd lose it the winners would go on into the county and you'd be just left there I, I think it's good that both teams go into mm-hmm. the county you know because it's, it's an added bonus for them they work and they train hard all year you know and I think it's a good thing that they're into the, into the they're out in the county you know and often as is the case with, with Dillon's like Nemo won it in 17 but uh, Brian Dillon's went on to lose the county in a replay to St. Catherine's you know narrowly beaten in, in the county in, in 17 you know and 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 hadn't won the city, you know. So, yeah. you know, it, it gives them both a chance. But I think it's an added advantage, and it doesn't take away from the final because I would say both teams will be going to win that final on Sunday. You know. Yeah. If you were to look at um, how all the games went this year, and you were to add up the scores, uh, it would be a pretty pretty high cricket score. There's been some massive uh, scoring in there. Uh, Brian Dillon's putting up big scores as well uh, along the way to the final. That's right, Brian Dillon's, you know, they have the experience, they have the mature players, they're a long time playing, they're a good hurling team, and they, they won well against Vincent's, um, I think they scored five five goals there in that game, and then in the semi-final against Black Rock, you know, they upped the ante and came away and beat a good hurling side, but um, another five goals put away there, you know, so they have they have the experience, they have the maturity, and they have the tradition. So they'll be they'll be hard to beat on on Sunday, you know. Uh, like actually, it it makes for interesting reading on paper. I suppose going into the game and that Dylan's have put up huge scores to get where they are, and Whitechurch have taken scalps off some pretty traditional teams who who, who would normally find themselves in this uh, final. Absolutely, yeah. yeah like they 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 won against Nemo the quarter final, and 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 won comfortably and. You know they're comfortable. They they know what they're about. They're young and they're good haulers. And passage game then was a very tight affair. Like that went down to the wire. They won by a point. But you know they proved themselves that they can take on the, the more traditional teams that would contest finals, and they can beat them. So it's all to look forward to on Sunday. I'd say it will be a cracking game. Sure. Yeah, so just to remind people that's um, tomorrow Sunday at half past three, Whitechurch and Brian Dillon's in the uh, Sports Church. Surf. Yeah, in the Sports Surf Solution City Division Junior A Hurling Championship final. Uh, a moat watering uh, game in story. You've the football championship next week, the final. We'll talk to you about that next week, uh, Eileen. Great day in story. You'd be hoping for a big crowd to go down. We'd be hoping for big crowd to go down because actually we have um, we have a game at half one we have a junior B quarter final 
uh, at half one, Lockovers versus Nemo, another good game in, in, in prospect there. And then our big, our grand finale is the final at half three on Sunday. And we'll be, we're expecting a cracking match. And we'd, we'd like to have a big crowd there. We would like people to, to support it, you know. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, Eileen Piero of the Shandoon Division, thanks very much for joining me on the bench. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's Eileen Clifford there in conversation with Caron previewing tomorrow's game which has a 3.30 throw in time still Liverpool 3 Arsenal nil. 68 minutes gone on the clock there and it's hard to see a way back from Cork barring a couple of goals Kieran. Yeah I'm not sure we can see a couple of goals coming for Cork uh, the atmosphere kind of gone very flat here in the LSE Gaelic as well number 18 is Jamie Copps from Ballyhay he's uh, making uh, his entrance, Captain James Keaton, is being replaced. Uh, yeah, the atmosphere has just gone very flat. Brian Turnbull sent it over a free, and that is another score for Cork. At the moment, 40 minutes gone, and it's Tipperary 4-12. Cork, 12 points. It's just the, I, You can't see uh, Cork coming back into this. Uh, even the players seem to have just lost a bit of bite as well, so hopefully they can, but I think it's just trying to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Tipper just dominant all over the place. They've just got another score there as well now. Number 11, Jake Morris, who uh, scored that decisive goal in the Munster in the 20 final uh, not so long ago. But uh, yeah, I just can't see uh, Cork coming back into this. Unfortunately, it's going to be a, a very disappointing place to introduce after this match. I think it's hard, hard to say with 20 minutes left to play, but I don't think uh, Cork will be coming back. Another sub, number 21, Barry Murphy from Castle Lions, is coming on for number 12 Derek Connery but yeah at the moment 40 and a half minutes gone tip 4 13 court 13 points it looks like the uh, All-Ireland title is going back to Tipperary Roar Alright Kieran, thanks very much indeed uh, for that reaction to come on tomorrow's show from 6pm thank you very much indeed for tuning our way this evening Stevie's up next with the block party from 7 until 10 you can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench and uh, on Facebook and uh, Instagram and wherever you have your social medias basically um, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 6pm folks enjoy the rest of your Saturday night and uh, stay tuned for Stevie G he's up next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM